Hello and welcome to the East Step Sports Talk podcast. My name is John Thomas Eastep with my cousin Cody Eastep. And this week we will be discussing week four in college football. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Um, the first game that we're going to discuss is actually one of the, um, not necessarily who they played, being a surprise that they're 3-0, and but just kind of a different uh, look. Uh, our first game will be Michigan Rutgers. Uh, Cody, um, what have you thought about Michigan so far? And uh, and obviously Rutgers being 3-0 and too, so what are you expecting from this game? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Michigan, they've uh, they're not only three and zero. I mean, they three and zero with three blowout wins. I mean, it's promising for a team like Michigan who hasn't been able to do this for the last couple of years. And then Rutgers, of course, is going to be their first real test. And so it'd be nice to see if they can keep it up against a solid team. I mean, they they beat Washington thirty one to ten. So I mean. It's not like they're just playing FCS schools, but it'll be interesting to see what they can do when conference play comes around. Well, and, you know, Greg Schiano is back at Rutgers, and they've made a big turnaround. Um, I know Chris Ash was there for a little while, uh, and they were not as good as they were um under Shiano the first time, uh, he learned uh, quickly how to recruit um, in the New Jersey area when he was there the first time. So now he's kind of just picked up kind of where he left off, um, which is good. You know, Rutgers um, has been kind of a disappointment as far as their move, you know, to the Big Ten is kind of not really panned out and, a great way for either team, uh, for either the team or the conference. So it kind of helps that they're now 3-0 and and kind of starting to win football games. Um, our next game, you know, a battle of two ranked teams, uh, kind of a historic, historically good matchup between Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Um I know Notre Dame's wins have not been very pretty, and they look to not be against very good teams, uh, especially now that Florida State has not won a game. Um, what are you thinking about, you know, Wisconsin-Notre Dame? Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think we've got three teams that we're going to talk about today are kind of in the same boat, which is, well, is Notre Dame, Clemson, and Oak. Oklahoma, I think those teams, they're supposed to be good and even add A&M to that mix. They're all supposed to be good. They're barely beating all these small teams. They're underachieving over and over again. And I think now that they're finally going to have to play a real team, I think there's a chance that all of those teams lose this week just because they haven't proven anything over the course of this year. Right, and I, I kind of uh, I know um, in my family this is a this is a matchup because my uncle went to Wisconsin and uh, my aunt went to Notre Dame, um, so this will be an interesting matchup for them. But I I would like to see Notre Dame win, and the only reason I'm going to say that 
is because I would like to see an undefeated Notre Dame against Cincinnati next weekend. Um, that I think that could be a really big boost for Cincinnati um, if they could beat a top 10 um, undefeated team. Um, but I think that'll be a good game between Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's loss at the beginning of the year against Penn State is starting to look like a better loss. Uh, Penn State looks very good, especially coming off a win against Auburn last weekend. Um, but it, it will be interesting to see how Wisconsin plays uh, against Notre Dame. Um, our next game is I would say it's probably the best game of the weekend, which would be Texas A&M and Arkansas. I know uh, Arkansas beat your beloved Longhorns, uh, but obviously Texas is built from that, learning that having a more explosive quarterback is probably uh, the move, especially against SEC schools. Uh, and I think they're kind of learning that, especially for their transfer to the SEC. But what are you thinking about Texas A&M and Arkansas? Uh uh, I just don't think A&M's explosive enough. Coming into this year, you would think that they would be. Like, they've got the run game. They've got weapons on the outside. They've got a good defense. But, I mean, from the first three games this year, I mean, Kent State, they were like a one-score game at halftime. They lost to Colorado. They were close with New Mexico until the end. Like, they've not proven that they can do anything so far, and Arkansas is going to run the ball right down their throat. So it's going to be interesting to see, one, if they can stop the run, and if they can, if they can outscore them. Well, I mean, you know, Haynes King getting hurt did not help them. Um, He definitely was the lifeline of that offense, um, passing the ball at least. They can run the ball, but the problem is going to be is against, you know, we saw it with Bijan, you know, not as not as good of a output as he's used to putting out against the Arkansas front, um, which will be interesting to see how um, they watch, how Texas A&M watches the way that Texas played and tries to, you know, figure it out and maybe – find some of the places that Texas maybe struggled to try and build off up to beat Arkansas. But I'm surprised with Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas, um, Sam Pittman has been – he's in a great, great spot, you know, with Arkansas coming, you know, in his second year coming over from Georgia. I mean, they're – they're I think they're pretty legit. I think they could definitely make some moves. The West is just such a hard side – I mean, it's the hardest division, I think, in all of college football. I mean, either that or the Big Ten East. I mean, it's – but um, we're going to stay in the SEC with our next game, uh, Tennessee-Florida. Florida coming off, uh, I mean, basically a win. In my, in my opinion, they played like they could have won the game. I mean, outside of the first quarter, they, they played – two and a half, almost three quarters where they were the best team on the field. Uh, what are you thinking based off what you saw from Tennessee last week against Tennessee Tech and then what you saw about Florida against Alabama? Yeah, I mean, Florida definitely looking looked impressive. It was 
they looked a lot better than what me and you predicted them to look. Um, we kind of expected the first quarter to go the way that it did, but then they kind of flipped the script and looked like Alabama out there on both sides of the ball. So, I mean, Tennessee, yeah, I mean, they look good against Tennessee Tech, but that's not really saying that much. Uh, I think Hendon Hooker is the answer, not the winning season answer, but I think he does have more talent than Milton does. I think that I know Milton's injured. I don't know if he's questionable to play this week or not, but Hooker looked good. He's just going to have to really step up his game, and the defense is going to have to really stop the rushing attack because, I mean, they have three running backs. They have the backup quarterback that can run. He's a leading rusher on the team with almost 300 yards on, like, 11 carries. So, like, there's a lot of weapons that Tennessee's got to look out for. The good thing, I guess, against Florida is that you can put seven or eight guys in the box. They really struggle throwing the ball. Um, which I was kind of surprised, you know, Alabama looked to run out of gas late in that game, which is weird uh, from a Nick Saban team. Obviously, they got the win, but I know he did not want that to be that close. Um, Usually, they leave no doubt about how good they are on offense and on defense, but they definitely left some doubts on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, you know, we'll talk about Alabama for a second. You know, Alabama uh, has Ole Miss next week. Um, and that that game will be really, really good. Ole Miss getting the week off. Um, I think Alabama also has this week off, and they're going to play, you know, next week. So, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see that game. Um, but our next game, you know, I is NC State-Clemson. I watch – uh, NC State play Mississippi State in person, and NC State's defense can be really, really good, but their offense has got to find something. They've got to be able to move the ball. They've got to be able to do some things against the Clemson team that's defense is very, very good. Um, what are you thinking about the NC State-Clemson game and kind of the questions for Clemson on offense and then the questions for NC State on defense? Yeah, originally coming in, you would think that this isn't a game we would even have to talk about, but after the season's gone on for just the three weeks, Clemson's offense has just been non-existent so far. I, They can't find a run game. They can't consistently throw every play. Like, they're just – the defense is as good as they always have been. And I think with just like Clemson's game last week, I mean, what was it? Nine to – Yeah, six – they 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 got beat. I mean, well, they won fourteen to eight, fifteen 14, to eight. Yeah, I was like, this is. It's definitely going to be a low scoring game, I think, unless Yolongale figures and stuff out. I mean, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be one of those games that Clemson barely wins, but you can tell that they were a lot better than the team that they're playing. Uh, it'll still be interesting though because Clemson can definitely get beat by a lot of teams in the ACC this year, not because those teams are that good, just because Clemson's not the original, like, your right. thought. So Clemson. much closer to earth. They're so yeah. much closer to earth this year than they have been. They've always been head and shoulders uh, better than all the teams, at least more 
they have more talent, they have a better coaching staff. Um, you know, people are talking about Tony Elliott um, and that he should have gotten out of Clemson last year when Lawrence left. And I'm starting to see, you know, where people were coming from because they are really not as good as they have been, you know, really in the last seven years. Their offense, you know, since Deshaun Watson, they've just been not good. So, um, the, so this year, really, you've got you've to figure it out. And you really just have to figure out a consistent game plan that can get you, you know, three touchdowns, you know? Yeah. They really only need 24, 20 to 24 points a game, and they can win every game with their defense. Every game in the ACC, that is. Because um, I know Alabama's offense is going to test that offense and I think that's going to be the biggest problem. They're going to play against somebody who can put up 28 points on their defense, and they can't do that. They can't put up 28 points on really anybody's defense right now, um, which is scary um, if you're a Clemson fan because, you know, they've obviously got to win out and hope that Georgia stays at the level that they're at to be able to try and make the playoff. Um our next game is the primetime game on ABC, uh, West Virginia, Oklahoma. Um, I know you touched on it earlier, Oklahoma struggling, um, not really being able to find really a grip on offense or on defense. Um, and then West Virginia coming off of a big win against Virginia Tech last weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts on the West Virginia-Oklahoma game and kind of the questions Oklahoma has coming in? Yeah, man, I I can't wait for Oklahoma to take that L this week. That would that would make my weekend. Um, no, the problem with Oklahoma is they're not getting to their playmakers. Spencer Rattler's he's a good football player, of course, but there's nothing that he's shown me that says he's the Heisman front runner like he was predicted before the season. First round pick, I don't see any of that right now. He has the intangibles, but he just makes too many dumb decisions. And they're not throwing it to Marvin Mims Jr., who literally beat half the teams on their schedule last year by himself. I mean, come in as a freshman and do all the things he did, and now he barely gets any targets. They've just got to figure out who they're throwing to. I mean, he's trying to throw these deep balls. They get intercepted against really bad teams. Their defense is way worse than predicted. And West Virginia, I mean – they started off with a loss against Maryland, but after that, they seemed like they turned it around. So, Oklahoma's definitely in trouble. And I, and I mean, not even necessarily that West Virginia beats them this week, but just if West Virginia can play them close again, you know, if they have to grind in another game, they're going to end up losing because you can't just keep grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding. You're going to end up not having a bounce go your way and lose a one-possession game, um, which will be interesting to think about, you know, with Oklahoma. Um, and you got to think about, I was reading an article um, where Lincoln Riley is one of the high candidates uh, USC is looking at for the USC coaching job. And... Um, I don't know if he'd ever leave, but they, you know, if he was going to leave any year, it'd be this year, you know, 
yeah. based off of uh, if they're if they end up losing two or three games, you know, they he might be like, yeah, I'm going to get out of here while I can get out of here. Um, and I don't necessarily know that he would do that, but I don't know, you know, really, you haven't heard anything about USC or really haven't seen anything. And they'd be dumb not to offer him the job. You know, he's a really, really good, talented head coach. Um, so this will bring us to our last game that we're going to talk about. Um, Nebraska and Michigan State. We talked about Oklahoma, you know, last week, and Nebraska really played well. They uh, they took advantage of a lot of bad decisions by Spencer Rattler. They took a lot of they took advantage of, you know, being able to play some good defense and not having to score as many points to beat them, which is the very really the key because if Oklahoma starts getting on a roll scoring points, they are going to be hard to beat. Um, and, you know, Michigan State throttled Miami in Miami, um, you know, and Michigan State's out to a 3-0 start. Um, what do you think about, uh, you know, the implications for Nebraska with Scott Frost uh, needing a win? And what do you think about, you know, Michigan State's start of the season and 3-0? Yeah, Scott, Scott Frost definitely needs something. I mean, he's definitely on the hot seat. I mean, they're not – Coming in after that first game, losing to Illinois, I was like, this is going to be a terrible season. But what they showed last week completely turns it around. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma's not great that we thought that they were, but they're definitely a top 25 team, and Nebraska really played well with them. And then Michigan State, they're – I mean, they're 3-0, and haven't had a close game all year. I think they're the real deal, and I think – I can't wait for them in Michigan to square off. It'll be the battle of the opposites, the big defense versus the big offense. I mean, it'll be – it's a great team, and I think it'll be a really interesting matchup. I, I just think Michigan State's going to hold down Nebraska's offense, and I think their – Michigan State's offense, their rushing attack especially, is going to be more than Nebraska can Nebraska. handle. They're going to do just enough to be able to – on offense to be able to win the game. Right. Um, I do think Nebraska's defense is the best defense that Michigan State has faced so far. Uh, Miami's got torched on all in all games in all facets, um, at least in their Power Five games against uh, Alabama and against Michigan State, but also you know in their Group of Five game where they played Appalachian State who, um, you know, beat Marshall last night, but um, should have beaten Miami, you know. So that's it's really, really interesting to think about how um, in such a short amount of time, Mel Tucker's been able to turn around Michigan State. Um, I think he's definitely there to stay. I think they're going to try and keep him for, you know, years and years. And I think if he keeps winning like this, they will. Um, I think, you know, this week doesn't really have a lot of super big playoff implications. Um, obviously if NC State beats Clemson or West Virginia beats Oklahoma, that would be a big shot. Uh, that would be a, definitely a big shot for the big 12. Um, you could probably argue that a big 12 champion would not, uh, 
well, probably would not get in, you know. Um, you'd probably could probably write them off after this week. Um, which uh, which out of those games do you think has the biggest uh, playoff implications uh, as far as if the team lost? Uh, yeah, I think it would be the Big 12. I mean, when I was looking at the the power rankings for the Big 12, Oklahoma's not even the number one team in the Big 12 anymore based off of just what they think at the end of the year. I mean, everybody's starting to think that Oklahoma, Iowa State, they're not as good as supposed to be. I mean, the top two teams in the power rankings this week were Texas and TCU. And, I mean, Texas has already got a loss. I think the only chance that the Big 12 has is A, Oklahoma winning out or TCU winning out, but TCU doesn't have any really big opponents for the out-of-conference. So if the top two coming in, Oklahoma and Iowa State, don't live up to their expectations, I don't think any team is going to have a big enough win to get over, say, a Georgia if they go out, or a Florida, how good they put against uh, Alabama. I don't think any of those teams will be able to replace an SEC team. Well, I think the only team that could is Texas, is, and that's only if Arkansas keeps winning. Well, um, and you could say a quarterback change. You know, you, you've got the wrong quarterback. You've had the new quarterback, and you right. went out. Like, I think that would be a case. You could do that. And, I mean, you could also say, um, you know, the Big Ten's pretty well wide open. I mean, I don't think there's any chance. But, I mean, a team like West Virginia or a team like somebody – who lost to, you know, an undefeated or, you know, a, maybe a one or two loss Maryland team and cl- runs the table, they mm-hmm. would obviously be in that discussion. And um, we've also got the Pac-12 a little bit this year with Oregon being number right. three in the country right now. Yeah, I mean, if Oregon wins out, you know, obviously they're in. And I really think if they win the big – if they win the Pac-12 with one loss, they'll probably be – their resume probably will be better than everybody outside of probably Texas. Maybe West Virginia because they have a top 15 win right now. Right. Uh, so that would be, you know. And it, it also a, depends on how Ohio State finishes out their year. Correct. I mean, and, it might look like a good win right now, but if they don't live up to certain expectations and it might lower. I mean, they might win out. Who knows? Like, Or they could finish fourth in the Big Ten. They could finish yeah. outside of the Big Ten championship game. But still, you know, it's still a big win. You know, anybody going into Columbus and winning is a big win. Uh, yeah. Pretty much regardless of – not regardless of how good Ohio State is, but, like, if they're – because they're, they are probably a top 20 team in the country right now. I don't know if they're a top 10 team in the country. Um, I think they're probably that top 15, maybe maybe 12 or 13 in the country. Um, but I still think that that's a big win for Oregon. And I think, you know, Oregon gets an easy game this week against Arizona. But once they start having to win a couple games in the Pac-12, uh, I, th- I really think that they will uh, – I really think that they will do better. Um is there any other games that you want to touch on? Hmm. I'm trying to think. There's just a lot of these really good 
highly ranked teams that have come in and just not played up to oh, their yeah. expectations. It's really uh, – here's a game we could talk about. Let's let's talk a little bit about our, our Pirate King. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mississippi State LSU. Yes, sir. Yeah, that'll be – you know, that's a – that's a coaching matchup for me. That's a yeah. that's a game of two personalities with Coach O and Mike Leach. Um, obviously, Mike Leach definitely has a lot more job security than Ed Orgeron right now. Uh, I think Mississippi State people love Mike Leach. Uh, I obviously went to the game a couple weeks ago, and I heard nothing but positive things. Everybody really loves him. Everybody loves the recruits that he's bringing in. The players love to play for him. Um that's definitely a really good thing. And obviously the coach, the players and fans love Coach O, but, you know, the, the history at LSU is just so much deeper than the history at Mississippi State. Um, yeah. As far as, especially in the last 20 years. Um, but I, uh, I think Mississippi State's going to beat them. Uh, I think Coach O is not necessarily on the way out, but he's he's got to win some big games in the SEC to actually be able to continue to keep his job and have, you know, a, not the expectations that if he loses one game, he could get fired, kind of like Clay Helton at USC. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I mean, after watching – LSU get beat by UCLA. Uh, they just they seem like they just don't have any pieces together right now. I mean, it's definitely going to get a lot harder. There's a ton of SEC West teams that would absolutely destroy UCLA, and so I think they need to pick it up and pick it up fast because they're coming. And Mississippi State, you know, they'll do some crazy things. They'll they should have, in my opinion, they should have beat. Memphis, the oh, crazy punt. I mean, the SEC said, SEC said they should have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not even counting that. I mean, I think they're a good team. I think Memphis is a good team. Like, I just think, I think it'll be close. There's definitely not going to be a blowout, regardless of who wins. But right, I think Mississippi State's going to win this one as well. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know. I've been looking at this game for a few minutes now, uh, the Wake Forest-Virginia game. Um, I really think that Wake Forest, you know, they beat Florida State. Florida State's not that great, but um, 3-0. and uh, Virginia, 2-1. and I think that uh, they, they played North Carolina really close for a half. Um, they just need to finish out the game. Uh, I know that's been a lot of problems for a lot of teams, and obviously usually in the second half that's where you figure out who the better team is. But I really think that Virginia's probably, you know, a little bit better than advertised, and I'd say Wake Forest is just a little bit below where they are advertised because UVA is minus three and a half. Um, So that's, you know, that just shows it right there, you know that even Vegas doesn't even believe in them. So uh, I think, you know, Coach Clawson could, you know, figure it out this week, get a win against a Virginia team, uh, and really get 
kicked off running into ACC play. But, um, yeah. So um, I think that defense is good, though, for Wake Forest. Yeah, the, the those, defense was really good. Two interceptions against McKenzie Milton, who's a really good quarterback. I mean, they've definitely showed that they can compete with, I mean, some of the best as in I think McKenzie Milton's one of the best quarterbacks, saying when he's healthy. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, he's my favorite quarterback in all of college football. His story, you know, his work ethic, the guy – not many people get that opportunity to have two or three interceptions against the guy. So, uh, obviously, some of it is the fact that Florida State's just really bad around him, but it also has to do with the fact that the defense was in the right place at the right time, which, you know, to a point that's all defense can be, you know. They it's got to be in the right place at the right time. So, well – um I will be at the Memphis uh, Texas San Antonio game uh, tomorrow, so that'll be a uh, that'll be a good game to see Memphis. I know Memphis will put up a lot of yards and a lot of points. They're averaging just over six hundred and thirty yards of offense a game, so that will uh, that will be fun. Um, I know Cody won't be in attendance, but where's Maryville playing this weekend? Uh, they play at Averett. Yeah, so that'll be uh, we got a little uh, COVID situation on the uh, on the uh, Cody side of the families. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it'll be a uh, it'll be a good weekend for football. So, um, appreciate you guys listening and have a great day.